0: Welcome to the Wealth Setting Podcast. This is episode 395. Today is December 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, today we're going to take a break from the pure stock market stuff, and let's talk about your career goal and aspirations. I get a lot of questions, especially from younger clients and, you know, listeners of the podcast that tend to be on the younger side. We're gonna talk about what do you wanna be when you grow up, and if you listen all the way through to the end, I'm gonna bring this back to how it still relates to the stock market and some of your investing strategies there. So let me give you a framework that I've used in my life and I've told a lot of people about it and hopefully have helped them shape their career in the direction that their life work has taken them. And as I talk about this, think about a Gantt chart. You know, the kind of chart where you have the overlapping circles. I'm going to be talking about three categories. And if you map this out on paper in a Gantt chart, it'll make more sense. And these three categories that I'm going to talk about are similar to the things that we've talked about, you know, especially in the early days of this podcast when I did talk more about career type building. And somebody asked me the other day, hey, why don't you talk more about careers? Why do you talk so much about the stock market? Well, I pretty much answer the questions that you guys send in. Well, as long as they're not in the five dumbest question category. But in any case, as far as your career and how you help determine what you want to be when you grow up, the first thing that I want you to think about, the first category, is think about what you do better than the average person. Now, this is important for two reasons. One is personal fulfillment, and the other is the reality of economics. Okay, as far as personal fulfillment, generally you like the things you're good at okay and the things you're good at are things that you have an innate ability for right that's where your talents and your uniqueness come in and those things are generally what make you better than other people now from an economic perspective the reason that also makes sense is that wealth building and earning a living is all about production you'll recall that the third wealth building principle is production is the source of wealth. And to be productive, you have to be efficient and effective. And if you try and do something that you're not good at, that you don't have an inherent ability for, then you're going to be behind the learning curve of everybody else. And so no matter how much you may want to do it, if you're not better than other people at it, you'll never be able to make a living doing that particular thing. Right? Let's say that you have less than average mathematical abilities. Do you really think that you're going to get into Stanford to study physics? You know, I doubt it. So to frame up your career, what you want to be when you grow up, start with that very simple category of what can you do better than the average person. Now, once you have that list, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to rank either those tasks those job kind of categories and i want you to list them by how hard it is to be proficient in that field you're basically ranking them by the highest learning curves and so what i would mean by that is you know like being a heart surgeon or a rocket scientist would be a really long learning curve and that would be at the top of the list and then being you know like a barista would be towards the bottom of the list And i'm not here to insult baristas or people that make coffee for a living but let's be honest here it's a whole lot easier to get a job at starbucks and learn how to make a good cup of coffee than it is to be working at the mayo clinic as a neurosurgeon okay so we're not about hurting feelings here we're just being realistic this is tough love now let's get back to this concept though it relates to not only a personal situation in your circumstances but also to the reality of the economics. Now, as far as the reality of the economics, the reason you want to have these things in order of their hardness to achieve is because, in general, your earning capacity is going to be based on how hard it is to accomplish a task. Think of it as a barrier to entry. And again, let's look at the barista versus the surgeon. I don't know what baristas at Starbucks make, but whatever it is, I know it's considerably less Than what a medical doctor makes, and even within the medical field, a surgeon is going to make more than a general practitioner. And it's about that learning curve, right? It's the barrier to entry. It's production is the source of wealth. If it's very easy to learn a task, then just about anybody can do it. And if just about anybody can do it, and there's a market for that particular task that people are accomplishing, then you're going to hire the person That can provide that product or service at a lower price. So if everybody can learn how to make a good cup of coffee, then that barista is going to command less in a career field than what you're going to pay to a dentist or a CPA or a plumber. Because the dentist and the CPA and the plumber know how to do something that the average person can't do. So that's why you want to list. All those things that you can do better than the average person, you now want to list them in the steepness of their learning curve. How hard does it take, or how many hours, or what's the difficulty to become proficient in that field? And that takes it back to the personal side, and this is really the third category. Now, you need to be really honest with yourself. Look at the list and start at the very top with the hardest task. And ask yourself, What's the probability of you getting into that field or being able to achieve the learning curve that's required to be proficient in that field? Okay, so this is like back to the heart surgeon. Let's say that you want to be a doctor. Well, if you don't have the means, whether it's financial or with mental aptitude, to get into med school, then you're never going to be that heart surgeon. doesn't matter how much you want it doesn't matter how passionate you are, you have to be able to fulfill the requirements, and even if they're artificial, right, even if it's a barrier against you that isn't fair, you still have to be able to meet those requirements to get into med school. And if you can't do that, then it doesn't matter how much you want to be it because you're not going to be in that field. That's why it's important to be honest with yourself and look at that list and assess what your probability is for getting into that field and for being able to come up to speed on that learning curve so you you can be proficient in that job or in that career task. And if you put those three things together in a Gantt chart with starting out with what you're better than average at and then what those learning curves are that you can probably be successful at, then you're gonna narrow down either between career fields or or specific type of job tasks of what you wanna do when you grow up and not only what you wanna do, but what you can actually be economically successful at. And then you focus on those four or five things and pick out the one that is gonna work best for you in your particular situation. And don't despair if some of those things that you're really passionate about, you just don't have the ability to get through that learning curve at. Look at the ancillary parts of it that you might be missing. Let me give you an example of this. Throughout my life, I knew a number of guys that were really good at golf. Now, they weren't good enough to be, you know, professional PGA golfers, but they were exceptional at the game. So they were far better than the average person and they really loved it and were passionate about it. And what these guys did was they gravitated into sales careers. And as salesmen, most of these guys actually weren't that great a salesman. But they made a lot of money at being a salesman because they took their love for golfing and they turned it into a business in in and of itself. They became professional salesmen that entertained their clients on the golf course, out on the greens. And they made their sales pitches and they built their relationships while they were golfing, and while they were teaching other people the game, and while they were demonstrating their abilities as a golfer. So as such, people liked them. People wanted to go golfing with them. People wanted to do business with them. And so these guys became well paid, and they not only made a really good living, and they loved what they did, but for all intents and purposes, they were professional golfers. Oh, they were salesmen but they were really getting paid to do what they loved, which was to golf. So think about that and think how it applies to what you wanna do and the things that you may not on the surface be qualified to get into. Okay, now while we're looking broadly, let's take this out of the career field and apply it to the stock market because it makes absolute sense there as well. And so from a general perspective, you can use those same similar three categories that I talked about on a personal level to evaluate a company. You know, is the company that you want to invest in, are they providing a product or service that's better than the average company that's providing it? You know, is at and better than Verizon or T-Mobile? If they're inferior to other providers of that service or product, then ultimately they're not going to make it in the real world. And then likewise, the next category, what's the learning curve? How hard is it for a competitor to come into that field and do the same thing? You know, does the company that you're investing in, do they have a competitive advantage? Are there barriers to entry? And then finally, what's the probability of that company being able to maintain their competitive edge? You know, can they maintain that moat around their business model? So you see these things that we talk about on a micro personal wealth building level? They relate to the big macro, to companies and to governments, just like they relate to people, because ultimately, what's a company? Well, it's just made up of a bunch of individuals. It all boils down to their human nature. And that, as much as anything, is what causes the daily gyrations in the stock market. If you can understand human emotions, and especially fear and greed, then you'll have a good concept of what drives the world and what makes things work. Well, hey, as always, thanks for joining me. This weekend is Christmas. I'll be spending it with my family. I hope that you can be as blessed as well. So until the next episode, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.